Welcome to today's show. I am your host, Michael Aceta, host of the Acknowledge Dogs podcast, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and founder of Matador Canine Brilliance, LLC. Today, we're talking about running with your dog, something that I love doing and probably don't do enough of. But if you're now looking at this nice weather and saying, man, I want to learn how to run with my dog. I want to actually enjoy running with my dog and not just get dragged for a couple miles. This is the episode for you. Before you can start running with your dog, your dog has to be able to walk with you. So there's a, a free PDF guide in the description below that's going to walk you through the process of actually teaching your dog to walk with you, actually enjoy walking with you, and then you can take the next step into running with your dog. If you don't want to do it on your own and you don't want to just read a guide, you can take a course or you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. Head over to training.manadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. Let's get you to be running with your dog actually getting some good exercise with your dog, tiring them out, tiring you out, but also boosting your confidence with your dog when you go out into the world. So how do you even go about teaching your dog? How would we go about teaching your dog if we started coaching together? Well, the first thing we're going to do is teach engagement. Your dog has to be engaged with you. They can't be distracted by other things when you go for a walk, when you go for a run, when you go for a nice little jog. They can't be distracted. If they're distracted, then there's no way you could tell them to stop, hold on, recall them back, and you're going to be dragged most of the time. This is what happens. As you start moving faster, one, your reaction time has to be faster, right? You have to respond faster to things going on in the environment. So does your dog. So if you're running, or not walking anymore, you're running now, your dog is going to perceive their entire environment a lot faster, which means they have to respond faster which means you have to be more aware of what's going on. If you haven't practiced that in walking and you're not surveying the entire area, especially if your dog gets distracted by squirrels, other dogs, people, then running is going to be really difficult for you. Just things are happening really too fast. Of course, if you practice running, walking is going to be a breeze. But there's another caveat to running that most people forget about, and that's the pace at which you run. Are you a sprinter? Or are you a casual runner or are you a jogger? That's going to determine the miles per hour that you're running. And your dog also has that skill set. They can full-on sprint, they can do a nice little trot, or they can jog. Very easily put, if you just count the way your dog is running, and the amount of steps they're taking, and the, the pattern, you'll know where they're at. Walking is one, two, three, four. All four feet kind of act independently. You go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, as they're walking. You can hear it if they have long nails and they're on the wood, right, or, or tile. You'll hear one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. As they go up and they jog, they actually split to the point where they're one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. If you can hear that, that means they're in a jog. That's what you want to be running at most of the time. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Okay, 
They should be in a nice relaxed jog and it should be an endurance event. You don't want to be sprinting with your dog. For you, sprinting might be good. You're going to get a lot of power, right? You're going to build those fast twitch muscle fibers if you're running. But that's not going to help you if you're trying to tire your dog out and get some good cardiovascular exercise. A longer run is going to be better for cardio and a short burst of energy. Same thing with your dog. So you want to find that sweet spot. You want to do one, two, one, two. You're going to be at a nice jog. They're going to be at a one, two jog. Okay. Now their jog can be faster or slower depending on your dog's gait, their level of comfortableness, right? How comfortable they are. So if they're stressed, their gait is going to be really, really short. If they're comfortable, their gait's going to be more open and more relaxed. So they're going to extend their stride. So they might look like they're running slower, but they're actually covering more ground. You have to gauge that. Why am I bringing this up? Why is, why is this so important? If you're running too fast, your dog is going to switch from that jog that we want into loping or canter. Okay, They're not sprinting yet, but they're pushing harder and instead of one, two, they go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. This is typically what horses run at, not a gallop, but they'll run at a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. If your dog is stuck in that middle position where they're not fast enough to go from, I'm sorry, they're not at the, the good spot where they're either in the jog or they're in the loping. If they're stuck in that middle one, they're going to feel awkward and they're either going to speed up, which means they're going to pull you to get into the loping or they're going to slow down and stay in the jog. If they slow down, you're going to get awkward. If they speed up, you're going to get awkward because they're going to be pulling you. Either way is a, a lose-lose here. So you have to find the right speed. I recommend going to a track and recording yourself at 100 meters. Just watch the pace that you go out with your dog. Try to remember that pace and keep that pace going. I'm a, a person who likes to count. So I'll go 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000. And I'll just count... What is my pace? Am I stepping every second on my right foot? Right, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, or is it one, two, three? Is it every three steps? Depending on that, will depend on the pace that I go with whenever I'm running, especially with my dogs. So you want to be in that nice little sweet spot, that jogging spot. That's important to remember. If you're too slow, your dog's going to pull you back. If you're too fast, your dog's going to run in front of you. They're going to pull you forward which maybe isn't a bad thing, especially as you get tired, right? <laughs> you want a, a running partner that's going to motivate you. There was a wonderful marathon runner who bought a dog simply to run with because nobody could keep up with him. And my apologies for not remembering his name, but he would run with his dog because nobody would keep up with him. Nobody wanted to run the amount that he wanted to run. I don't believe he did ultra marathoning, which is a uh, hundred miles or more, <clears throat> but he, he would run to the point where nobody wanted to run with him. I think he ran with groups first, and then he would run with his dog. Absolutely, absolutely insane as a standpoint of athleticism. I mean, a wonderful athlete, wonderful athlete. I'll put it in the description of who that marathon runner is if you're interested. So now that we understand the pace that we need to go with, now that we understand how we need to run with our dog, how do we actually teach it? Well, it goes back to walking. When we break down walking, there's engagement, moving, and stopping. Then we can add on speed. So when you start to move, your dog's going to move with you. You mark and reward that. When you stop, your dog stops with you. Mark and reward that. 
Then you just need to add the speed. How fast am I going to go? And how fast do I need my dog to respond with me before I stop? When they stop, good. I'm going to mark and reward. How fast can they stop now? That's also important, right? If I'm running and I stop on a dime because something happened and I need to stop quickly, I need my dog to stop quickly. They stop quickly, boom, awesome. Now I can mark and reward that. So you're not rewarding necessarily for running and walking with you. You're rewarding for them engaging and moving with you and then stopping with you. If they can do that, the middle part doesn't matter, right? If they're constantly thinking, ooh, dad's going to stop at some point. Mom's going to stop at some point. I'm just going to keep paying attention to them because when they stop and I stop, I get a reward. If they're constantly thinking about that in the back of their head, whenever they stop, I'm going to stop and I'm going to, boom, I'm going to look at them. They're never going to get too far ahead. If they always think we're going that way and we're always moving and there's always a reward over there, then yes, they're going to keep pulling. But that's not what we're working on. We're working on if I'm going and I'm going and I stop and you stop right next to me, you get a treat. If you keep going, you get nothing. We're going to reset. We're going to start over. There's also the distance. How far you go is going to determine how long your dog can focus. Most dogs cannot focus for as long as the owner thinks that they can. So I want you to really think about this. Okay. If you and I were going for a walk and we were having a casual conversation and I said, Hey, remember this code five, four, three, two, one, whatever it is, super, super simple of a code. And at the end I said, Hey, what was that code? We just had an hour long walk, a really nice conversation. You might remember the code, but odds are you're not going to because it's not been on the forefront of your mind. But if every 30 seconds I asked you, Hey, what was that code? Hey, what was that code? Hey, what was that code? You'll start to gather, okay, this code is important and I need to focus on it. And if next time I give you a new code, you're going to subconsciously think about the code. And at the end of the hour long walk, you're going to be prepared for me to ask you what the code is. This is classic Disney hero, right? Classic Disney hero. I can picture Mulan. They don't think about what they need to be doing. They focus on what they're doing right now. And then they always get questioned. Why didn't you do this? I told you to make sure that you did this in the beginning. Oh, no, I did. And then the next time it happens, they never forget it. That's what we're doing with our dog. We're teaching them that when I stop, you focus on me. But the entire time we're running, you should be focused on when are we going to stop? 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 And because of that, I can keep going for hours at some point. <laughs> we'll get there running for hours. But you can keep going and eventually they will stop with you. When they stop with you, good, mark and reward. So I would teach this by slowly adding in the distance. If you live in a urban area, I would say a block is a good, eh, shorter than a block, but a block should be your goal. I'm going to run for a block and I'm going to stop before the end of the block. When I stop, I'm going to give them a treat and then we're going to start back up. We're going to cross the street and we're going to go again. Every single time you stop, they should get a treat. This means running with a treat pouch or at least treats in your pocket. And plenty of treats because throughout your run, you might get excited, you might go off course, and you want to make sure you have something to reward your dog. The worst thing I see is not bringing enough treats, whether you're walking your dog or running your dog. And you get halfway through the run and you're out of treats. Now you have no way of rewarding your dog now that they're tired, they're not as motivated, and you're tired. So now your run drastically decreases in performance because you're tired, your dog is tired, you can't get them motivated to work with you, you're going to get frustrated, and you're never going to take your dog again for a run. 
because that's what you're going to remember next time. Um, the last time I took my dog for a walk, man, they were good. They were great, but then they just lost it. They didn't lose it. They got tired and we didn't have a way of keeping them motivated, keeping them interested. And you should take breaks, right? Think about the first time you went for a run. I had not gone for a run for many months. I used to do track in high school. I didn't do track for a while. I didn't run for a while. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go run for like three miles. Very, <laughs> very out of sorts. I was like, I'm going to go take like a three-mile run. It'll be fine. I used to do this all the time. Boy, by mile one, I was breathing heavy. So I had to take a break. But I said I was going to run three miles. So I did run three miles. But I ran my mile one. And then I took a long break. I didn't bring water with me, which was foolish. So I took a nice long break. I gathered myself. And I jogged the rest of the next mile. And then I stopped. And then I did the last mile. And I was dead for the next couple of days because my body had to adapt to this. Your dog is the exact same way. Yes, taking them to the park, having them play fetch, you know, bringing them to the dog park and playing with other dogs. That is more of that burst of energy that comes out. That's not the endurance. The running is different. Dogs that do agility is very different than dogs who do the Iditarod, right? The sled dogs, very, very different athleticism. Dogs that run on treadmills daily, even treadmills are different. If you have a slat mill or a carpet mill where it's powered by the dog, the dog running actually powers the treadmill. That is a much more explosive movement than a dog on a controlled treadmill who's doing a nice one-two trot. So when you take your dog out for the first time to go do these runs, don't expect them to be perfect. Don't expect them to last as long as you do. Human beings are actually designed to run. There's a wonderful book called Born to Run, and it talks about how we used to hunt and gather, not by stabbing things, not by tools, but chasing animals down. We would just keep running until they overheated and became exhausted, and then we would just carry them back to our tent or wherever. So human beings are wonderfully proficient at running. We have sweat glands. Dogs don't really have sweat glands, right? We can cool our body down very efficiently, which means we can run more. We are upright. Dogs are not. Yes, they have four limbs, but their only way to cool their body down is panting or laying in something cool, which means they have to stop running. We can continue running while cooling our bodies down. Dogs can't do that. So keep that in mind when you're running and you feel good. Your dog might not. So take a break. Bring water for them. Get a small backpack. You'd have one of those backpacks with the, the camel packs where you got the, the straw that comes out. And you give a little bit to your dog and get one of those foldable foldable bowls, and just have a way to keep your dog successful in the run, right? You don't want to be pushing them to the point where they hate running with you. I used to go for bike rides with my dog, and she loved it. We only went around the block of my house. That was because I didn't have a backpack, and this was the, the best scenario for me. I could take my dog around for one lap. We could check how things were going. I could do a second lap, and my block happened to be the perfect size of a track. So I could just run around it. Awesome. She's doing good. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. And I constantly stopped. I constantly checked how she was doing. Right? Made sure her tongue, when it comes out, it's not cupping. If it's cupping when it comes out, that means she's stressed. It means she doesn't have enough water. It means she's breathing too heavy. So you'd have to slow down. Right? Making sure that the, her gums, if you press in on a dog's gums, they should fill with blood immediately. They should not stay white. Okay? That means your dog is dehydrated. You need to stop doing what you're doing and give them plenty of water. So running with your dog is a wonderful experience. It's a lot of fun. It's really enjoyable. 
but you first have to teach them to walk on leash. And if you're struggling with that, download the free PDF in the description, Walking on Leash with Your Dog. It's three steps, three steps to a peaceful walk. If you don't want to do it by yourself, you can download the course at matadorcanine.com, trainingmatadorcanine.com, or you can coach with me. So we can actually get you running with your dog before it gets really, really nice out. It's raining today. So before the sun starts shining and it's summertime and you want to go for a run on the beach, training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. You got to teach your dog how to walk with you first, then how to run with you. And you have to make sure that your dog is comfortable in the run so they enjoy running and they're loving to go with you. If they're running with you and you're building that strong relationship, you can do so many other things. Having your dog run off leash, running in the woods, running on the beach and letting them go into the water. Those are wonderful experiences that 90% of dog owners never get to see. I want you to be able to see it. Okay. If you're serious about getting to that goal, about running with friends, running with, you know, a group of people and you want your dog to be a part of it. If you're serious about that, training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. Let me help you get there. Listen, if you haven't bought your copy of the dog training cheat codes, please go buy it. <laughs> At matadorcanine.com, you can either get the ebook version or you can get the physical copy from matadorcanine.com. That book goes over all of the secrets that I mentioned in these podcasts in more depth. In these episodes, I go over just a tiny piece because that's all I have time for. But this book really goes in depth about everything you should be doing with your dog. If you don't have your copy, get it now while it's available. Thank you guys for listening. If you have other comments or questions, please put it in the comments. Please message me on social media. Let me know what you're struggling with so I can answer them. Thank you again. And I'll see you guys next time.